Remember that coach that ran beside you, encouraging you to go on, telling you that you could do it? Remember the teacher whose class you actually looked forward to? The one whose homework you'd do first because you didn't want to disappoint them? The teacher who looked at, evaluated, and then wrote comments on everything you turned in? Well, that's the kind of teacher and coach I'm talking to today on Let Him In. Okay, Rhonda, tell us about you. Um, my name is Rhonda Dunn. I am just about to begin my 25th year teaching. Um, I began teaching in the Houston area um, where I moved. I guess I'll just go backwards. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I moved to Arlington with my husband um, 17 years ago from Houston and we had lived in Houston for seven years and prior to that I was from Nebraska. I, I grew up in Nebraska um, in a very rural and remote part of Nebraska um, where you know you um, yeah there's just not a whole lot to do so like you get involved in everything you can because you know you play every sport that you can you play in the band if you can, and you cheerlead, and you're in home ec, and you're in FFA, and you're in 4-H, and you're blah, blah, blah. Um, and so um, I graduated from high school, and I, I was one of five girls, and I knew that, I knew that I wanted to go to college. I knew that I needed to go to college. Um, but I also knew that I would have to pay for that myself and keep the cost at a minimum because my parents were just not in a position to, to afford to send me any anywhere far or fancy. Um, so I went to a community college close by about 40 minutes from where we where we lived and where I grew up. And um, I got a scholarship to play volleyball and basketball, both sports that I loved. And so um, it really was a, a great fit because I could do two of the things that I really, really loved. And going into college, um, my intent was to be a social worker. Um, I used to keep a little notebook of all the careers that I wanted to have, you know, like <laughs> fashion designer and author. And I know that teacher was in there, um, but then I would flip the page and then it was something more like veterinarian. For a long time, I wanted to be a veterinarian. And then um, somewhere in high school, I settled on social work. And so I um, began, um, my college education working towards a social work degree and got about a semester in and decided this really isn't what mm -hmm. I need to do or what God has intended me to do and mostly it was because I had this really awesome composition and literature teacher and um, he was really passionate about reading and writing and um, and he was also really involved with students and so um, like he would come to all of our basketball games and he would come to practices and he and my coach were really good friends. And so um, he would come hang out at practice and really uh, made an effort to get to know the just the kids that were in his classes. Um, and so um, I switched my major to education. Mm -hmm. um, graduated with an associate's degree. Um, 
<laughs> in a school like that, there's really not a lot to do besides work on your grades. So mm -hmm. I had to look at your grades mm -hmm. and um, ended up with a transfer regent scholarship to the University of Nebraska. And so I was very, very, um, God was able to provide avenues for me to get an education at a very minimal cost. And so I graduated from the university. But when I graduated from the University of Nebraska, a lot of my friends who were graduating like a semester or two ahead of me, <clears throat> they would graduate and not find a job. And so really, if you wanted to work in Nebraska, if you wanted to teach in Nebraska at that time in the in the mid 90s, um, you really needed to go to Omaha. Mm -hmm. um, there were some jobs in Lincoln and I really liked Lincoln. Um, and I, I, I think I would have liked to stay and, and teach in Lincoln, but there weren't a whole lot of jobs and there certainly weren't in rural the rural areas. Right. And so um, I talked to um, one of the advisors in the teacher's college and I just said, hey, listen, what do you think about me going somewhere else to student teach? And just, you know, if I like it, I can stay. If I don't like it, I can come back. It, it just seemed a, like a really safe way mm -hmm. to, to try something else. Mm -hmm. and, um, and at that time, I was probably more bold than I should have mm -hmm. been. And yeah, I... I just had a maybe more confidence than what was good mm -hmm. for me. But um, anyway, he said, sure, you, um, he goes, I'll talk to some people. And he was so supportive. He, he told me um, I could go to Flagstaff, Arizona, Lubbock, Texas, or Houston. Mm -hmm. And um, I selected Houston because at that time, um, Houston schools were desperate for teachers right. and right. there were some people from I think it's region four um, that came actually to our to our university and did a presentation mm -hmm. and said you know come down and you know this is your salary and it was like probably twelve thousand dollars more than what Nebraska yeah. was paying their teachers and um, so I decided that's what I wanted to do I knew my parents would be probably not really happy with that mm -hmm. and so I created a present like I had this video and I was gonna go how I went home <laughs> weekend and I said dad mom this is what I think I want to do and um yeah so at 22 years old we loaded mom and dad helped me load up my stuff and we went to Houston and lived in Spring Texas in an apartment with um, another girl from Texas A&M who mm -hmm. was going to um, do her student teaching in Aldine ISD also. And so, and she was wonderful, wonderful. When you talk about Texas hospitality, man, mm -hmm. she was awesome. Anyway, there I uh, met my husband. Mm -hmm. um, I really thought that when I moved to Houston, I would stay down there for a couple of years and then hightail it back yeah. to Nebraska okay. and, you know, have all these, uh, this experience mm -hmm. and be just highly marketable. And it ended up that, I met Patrick and we got married and we stayed in Houston for a few more years and then he got the job up here at Martin High School and um, I tagged along of mm -hmm. course and we've been at Martin ever since. And so since we've moved, you know, we, we when we moved up, we were practically newlyweds and, you know, just had been married for three years, had a six month old and wow, how our family has changed. So now <laughs> our six month old is almost 18 about wow. to be a senior at martin high school and then we have three more besides besides parker mm -hmm. so very cool yeah. very cool well i've had the privilege of working 
next door, practically next door, there was one class between Rhonda and myself for, oh my goodness, like eight years mm -hmm. or so in my 28 year stint teaching. And you really are one of the most brilliant people and one of the most accomplished teachers that I've ever worked with. And um, if, if we had had carpet between our rooms, that carpet would have been worn out with me going over saying, what do you think about this? Or how about this? And um, I've just been able to see the way that you have mentored kids and loved on kids and not just the kids, but faculty and um, administrators and really everybody that you've come into contact with at the school. So let's, let's kind of talk about your philosophy, not only of teaching, but let's go over into coaching because it just seems like that being an awesome, great teacher and being an awesome award-winning coach really don't jive and don't go hand in hand. And you've broken the mold there. So tell us about the coaching aspect of your job. Well, first of all, likewise, I think I was in your room as often at, you know, 7, 10 a.m. Oh my gosh, what are, what are we going to do? So um, likewise, and um, being able to work with you was just wonderful, awesome. Um, so my philosophy as a coach is to grow leaders. And um, I, I'm reading a book right now. Um, and in this book, it says leaders are teachers and teachers love to learn. Mm -hmm. And really, I think that <clears throat> over the last several days, I've kind of, um, I really think that that um, embodies what I believe about not just teaching and learning, but also about we're growing leaders. And um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, want to grow leaders that will serve their communities well, whether they're in the classroom or whether they're on the court um, and learn how to serve and to work mm -hmm. and, um, and to be selfless, to be great teammates, but above all, to be, to be great leaders. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the, I, you know, I, I learned so many phrases from you during our time together, working together and as friends together. And one word that really epitomizes the umbrella that you work under is team. And it's not just team in the gym and on the field with all of the sports that you've coached, but it's that team atmosphere with teaching and in the classroom. And one thing that I heard you say one time was, we need to learn to clap our hands for someone other than ourselves. And that just permeated my soul. I mean, it just went into me. And, and I began to think about that and what that really means in relationships. So I, I've seen you have team lunches. I've seen uh, just a variety of girls come in on various days of the week and be in your classroom eating lunch, laughing. And, and, and the laughter is kind of what drew me in. Tell us about how you have really made teaching your ministry. Um, well, I will tell. 
several years ago, about, I, I don't know, this 12 years, it was 12 years ago, um, I was at a point in my career where my family was growing. Um, and I, you know, as a teacher, any, any woman who is, has a career, and I think for, for fathers too, this it pulls on them as well. But, you know, when you're at work, you're thinking about being at home and what your kids are doing. And when you're at home, you're thinking about the list that you have to do for school or for work. Or, mm-hmm. um, and so I, our family was growing and I really felt um, pulled to, to be at home and to spend more time with my family and with my kids and be more available to my kids. Um, and at that time, <clears throat> I was teaching. I was um, an assistant coach for two sports. Patrick was teaching. He was a head coach and an assistant coach. And um, I, I just, I, I was, I was struggling with where do I need to invest my time because I do. I love teaching. I love to work. <laughs> I love to work, and um, I loved um, being a working mom. But I also struggled with that guilt of not being with my kids Mm. and and let's just tell people who may be listening and not know you in a personal way uh you have four kids Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you have four kids Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) four crazy kids (laughs) and a dog Um, and a dog and a dog we used to have a fish but he didn't make it through the pandemic um so anyway about that time um we lost a baby to a miscarriage and I was devastated because, um, you know, just the, the, the guilt and the questions and, um, you know, it, it, there's so many um, things that aren't explained. And I'm a person who wants, I want, I want the answers. Why sure. did this happen? Um, what did I do? What should have I done differently? Um, and what's this going to do to our family and mm-hmm. my dreams of having a family and, and a large family and kids and, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and so I remember very clearly one Sunday I was in church and, um, I think Pat was down in Kids Rock because I know, I know that I was in the pew by myself and we were worshiping and I just, I couldn't even stand there any longer. Like I don't, I just was so emotional and I I walked out of the sanctuary and I walked downstairs to the bathroom and I sat in the bathroom and just cried and with just, you know, Lord, what do you have for me? Like, why has this happened? And this is what I thought you wanted for me. And now it's like, how do I get there from here, you know? And I so clearly heard God say to me, "Um, I am your boss, period. It doesn't matter if you work at home. It doesn't matter if you work at school. It doesn't matter um, who is sitting behind the chair in the desk. I am your boss. Mm. And if you keep that as your focus, Mm -hmm. and he took care of the rest. I mean, Mm -hmm. he took care of the rest. Um, And so I think knowing that that God is my boss, no matter what building I'm in or, you know, whether I'm cleaning toilets or whether I'm vacuuming floors or whether I'm sweeping the gym or yeah, whatever teaching or teaching. Yes. Or teaching or coaching high school kids or little YMCA kids Mm -hmm. that, that God is the boss Mm -hmm. and that's who I answer to. Mm -hmm. And so that has, that really turned, um, 
it's just had a, it's had a huge impact on me and really changed the way I relate with my students too. Mm -hmm. um, I heard you say guilty twice. <laughs> and as moms, you know, I, I felt that tremendously. And I've yet to meet a woman whose interests and whose time is not divided that doesn't feel that guilt. And I was talking with someone about this just the other day, and, and I said, even when my grandchildren are there, I feel like my mantra is, please stop that. Would you please do this? Hey, what is going on over there? And in the evening when it's time to go to bed, I think about those things. And I hope that tomorrow's better, or I wish I'd had more patience. And I think that as moms, we just take that guilt and, and we allow the enemy to rob us of the joy of some of the things that God's called us to do because we don't do it perfectly. Or maybe we don't do it up to the standard that we think everybody else does it. And we carry that when I don't think that's ours to carry. Yeah, I don't believe God wants us to feel so guilty about being the people and doing all of the things that he's called us to. It is so obvious that because of your success, not only um, with, with the coaching, I mean, my goodness, coach of the year, assistant coach of the year, I think last year, two, year, yeah, two, two years, years ago, and then this year being awarded the, um, tell them what you are. Um, I just accepted the position as a head coach at, at Martin. Yeah, and it, the the long tenure you've had teaching AP English at Martin, um, you've had a great deal of success. And your kids, my goodness, <laughs> what amazing people they are. But um, even someone that has experienced the success that you've experienced to, to feel the guilt you know, of the mom thing versus the coach and versus the wife and versus the teacher and the things that you do at church too. I, I think that's universal. I think we've all been there. I think so too. And as you're talking there, I was thinking, I think a lot of that comes from doubt too, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. So many of the, the kids that I work with, um, they have been so intentional about their educational career. They've been very intentional about their athletic career and they want things to be predictable mm -hmm. and they they want to know what their future holds because they have put so much into preparing for their their future and I can I can relate to that really well because mm -hmm. I um, sometimes doubt <laughs> you know what the future holds sure. and um, keeping that in perspective and um, I will say I've learned a lot from them and and how, and and how to walk through that you know i there have been several times that um girls will walk in and just there is something bothering them whether it's something from from volleyball or something from their classroom or something um just from their social life or family mm -hmm. or, or whatever um, and they are just doubt doubting their future you know like what do i mm -hmm. what am i how am I going to get there? Like, this is not what I had planned. And, um, and I s never have the answers for them. And the only thing that I can think to do is pray with them and remind them 
of the truth. And sometimes even, I think the only truth that I know is that, that God loves them and that God is still with them and that, that God has a direction for them. And, and sometimes that's the only truth that, that we know. And mm. what's so crazy is like, I feel that as a 47 year old and then to have a 17 year old, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah. yeah, that's the truth they need mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the whole world's message to us and every commercial that we see and hear is all about something we lack mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that someone else or a product can provide. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what media is about. You lack something mm-hmm. critically important. Mm-hmm. And when someone who is a coach or a mentor or a teacher, just like you said, those people were so pivotal in your life. But when you can tell them, this is God's truth. Here's the direction. This is what I know. This is how God's worked in my life. That is life changing. It's life giving to them. And to me too, like (laughs) it is to me. And yeah. I just, I love to be around people, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes, I know. (laughs) Um, And so when we were going through the the pandemic where we could not be around people, it was awful for Mm me. Um, And to be, to see the girls' faces real live, you know, Mm -hmm. and be able to high five them and hug them and, and be able to have real conversation with Mm -hmm. them again. Um, it gave me energy. Mm-hmm. And even this year, like towards the end of the school year, when more students were coming back into the building, yeah, they they give me energy. And yeah. That's so, the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. I think so because too. God created us for relationships. Yes. yes. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're an introvert or if you're an extrovert, but when we are in tune and we are when we are in contact with people either on an extravagant level kind of like the way you live or on a limited level that's what feeds us you know and because that's how god created us okay let's go back to and and i've seen it girl i've seen those people and come into your classroom uh, broken and they leave and it's not like they're not broken anymore but it's almost as if they have hope. So on a normal school day, on a Tuesday or Wednesday, when a kid walks into your room, do, do you pray with them? I mean, how, how, what, what does that look like? What happens? Um, so if I have a relationship with that student, then um, yeah, I have prayed with several students. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say this, I've only prayed with girls. I've never prayed because boys are more like passing period kind of. Right, you know right. I mean? yes. <laughs> They're kind of the quick five minute conversations. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like Mrs. Dunn. And it, you know, to them, it's Mrs. Dunn. Sure. Um, what you said, blah, blah, blah. And you know, those the, we'll we'll talk about um we'll talk about how the Bible is relevant or, mm-hmm. you know, but that's usually in the passing period. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um but with the girls. Yeah, there have been several girls that, you know, we just stop and, and we pray and yeah, it is powerful. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I, um, it took a lot of courage. It, it, it took me a long time to build up the courage to just say, 
let's let's just stop and pray mm-hmm. and let's just do this because I think um, well it made me very vulnerable you know because of course you know, in a in a public school you I think you I don't, you have to be mindful you do not not careful but mindful that's of, a really great word and um but it's such a blessing mm-hmm. for for both of us for mm-hmm. all of us and um, to be able to stop in the middle of the day and pray together absolutely absolutely no better use of your time okay so have have you ever had a student or a situation or or maybe a faculty member or a coach just a really significant event while you've been teaching or coaching and you knew that God used you in a very intentional way and there have been um, well a couple of really neat kids and that God has allowed me to walk through some difficult times with um, that I will never ever forget that I learned so much more about strengthened my faith um, by walking with them through their their struggles and and their doubts and um, yeah and, and heartache mm-hmm. um, and then to be able to celebrate with them on the other side of that mm-hmm. has been such a blessing I it's yeah um, I don't want to go into like real specifics. That's but okay. There have been, yeah, several. Um, I think too that God has placed people under the roof of Martin High School that have um, supported His work there. You, especially for one, and the way you led not just the faculty but the students, um, and you supported them in, in their faith and in, in just in worship and being able to have a space to worship. Um, but remember mm-hmm. Diana, I mean, mm-hmm. to walk her, watch it. She was our custodian mm-hmm. and she was amazing. And watching her walk the halls in the morning and praying mm-hmm. over the classrooms that yes. she walked beside, you know, I, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And singing. And singing. Just the worship yes. music that yes. she would sing in the halls. Um, and, 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 and I understand why you don't want to go into too much detail because so many, there, there were so many, and I know there weren't just a few, but there were so many. And I want, if one of those kids is listening to this, my hope is that they think, she's talking about me. She's talking about me. And, and I and I pray that they will. Hmm. Anything else that you want to share? Well, um, I yeah, it's been a blessing. Mm-hmm. It has been a blessing. And you know, there were times last year during um, when we were um, had very limited contact with our students, mm-hmm. and it was just a pain. Sure. <laughs> School was not much fun. You know, we would always kind of kid, this is fake school. This isn't real school. This is fake school. <laughs> and um, 
I feel like this summer I've gotten a breath of fresh air mm -hmm. and ready to go. And God mm -hmm. has um, mm -hmm. renewed my spirit. You know, I think when, as I'm listening to you, I think about if anybody says that teaching is a thankless job, they haven't done it right. Because I know that you know that there was probably not a day when you walked out of that building where you haven't remembered or thought about or been mindful of a kid that you walked with or that you talked with and that you really were able to connect with them for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And that that's what it's about. And I think being able to share our stories. Like mm. We were lucky enough to teach yes. literature, right? Yes. Where storytelling is yes. the essence of what we do. It is. We both love stories. We yeah. both, I mean, standing out in the hallway with you, that was yes. so much fun. And, mm. you know, telling stories and, you know, with all of our, our, our posse in mm -hmm. East Wing, I mean, that's mm -hmm. so much fun. But being able to share our story mm -hmm. with the students and then the students sharing their story with us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a few years ago, we were reading Crime and Punishment together, <laughs> which is not a whole lot of fun. If you're I was <laughs> not reading Crime and Punishment. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, but, you know, so many of the authors that we read, um, they're Christian and mm -hmm. they are, are they, they have their own faith walk and you know, we can't necessarily you know we show their biography and you know we can't necessarily focus on that and you know i always tell the students it's more about the story than it is the author <laughs> um but as i was reading crime and punishment and i know dostoevsky you know he believed in god and he he was a christian and um i thought how this is a story of redemption mm -hmm. and this is a story of salvation and oh i wanted to sit on that mm -hmm. i wanted to sit on that mm -hmm. and telling the story like, let me sit on it for mm -hmm. a while you know yes. like it let me yes. talk about that and um i i came to this realization that, that god is in everything mm -hmm. like he is in the words in yes, the book yes. he is in the poetry that we read he is in the trees outside god is in everything yes and it is his world and is he is his the author world yes it is his world and you know we can try to deny it and right. we can try to deny him but he is still after us that's right that's and right that was, I, and that, I think that's why I like teaching literature so much is because it's just the stories and, and you can see God reveal himself mm -hmm. through those those words and those mm -hmm. stories. And, yeah, and then and the poison of the Bible too is yes. another one that yeah. you know in and, and the complexity too. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about literature too, is it's it's not a simple little story. It is so complex and it does force you to wrestle with your faith and your beliefs and in the truth and yeah, the life truth. questions yes yes that's good that's good well whatever you teach if you teach literature if you teach grammar if you're teaching volleyball skills or soccer skills or softball whatever it is you teach you do it well mm -hmm. and you do it with excellence and and i'm proud to be your friend and i was really proud to work Ditto. beside you so likewise thank you The purpose of Let Him In is this, to remind us all that our work is our gift back to God. He's gifted every believer with talents and abilities. 
His intention is for us to use our talents and abilities to glorify Him, not only at church, but in our homes, in our neighborhoods, and certainly where we work. Don't miss an opportunity to reveal Jesus to someone today. That's what we do every day at Excel Learning. If you'd like to support a student at Excel Learning by providing funding for a tutoring session or support students through a recurring monthly gift, please go to our website at www.excellearning.academy and click on the donate button. Thank you for partnering with us. We'll have another conversation next week, but until then, let Jesus into your life and your work.